We turn in sacred scripture to Exodus chapter 31. Exodus 31. We read this in connection with Lord's Day 38 of the Heidelberg Catechism and its treatment of the fourth commandment, keeping the Sabbath day holy. We begin reading at verse 12, Exodus 31, verse 12. Uh, In the first half of this chapter, God sets apart Bezaliel and um, Aholiab to be the, the chief architects for the building of the tabernacle. So that's where they are. They're at Mount Sinai, and God's giving instructions for the building of the tabernacle, and he's set aside these two men to lead in the building of the tabernacle, this holy work. And now, in the second half of the chapter, God reminds the people of the Sabbath day, even in these circumstances. So we read Exodus 31, starting at verse 12. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak thou also unto the children of Israel, saying, Verily my Sabbaths ye shall keep, for it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, that ye may know that I am the Lord that doth sanctify you. Ye shall keep the Sabbath, therefore, for it is holy unto you. Everyone that defileth it shall surely be put to death. For whosoever doeth any work therein, that soul shall be cut off from among his people. Six days may work be done, but in the seventh is the Sabbath of rest, holy to the Lord. Whosoever doeth any work in the Sabbath day, he shall surely be put to death. Wherefore, the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath, to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations for a perpetual covenant. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. And he gave unto Moses, when he had made an end of communion with him upon Mount Sinai, Two tables of testimony, tables of stone, written with the finger of God. So far we read God's holy and infallible word. It's on the basis of this passage of scripture and on the basis of many passages that we have the teaching of Lord's Day 38 of the Catechism, found on page 22 in the back of the Psalter, Lord's Day 38. What doth God require in the fourth commandment? First, that the ministry of the gospel and the schools be maintained. And that I, especially on the Sabbath, that is, on the day of rest, diligently frequent the church of God to hear His word, to use the sacraments, publicly to call upon the Lord, and contribute to the relief of the poor as becomes a Christian. Secondly, that all the days of my life I cease from my evil works and yield myself to the Lord to work by His Holy Spirit 
in me. And thus begin in this life the eternal Sabbath. Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, three weeks ago we looked at Lord's Day 38 for the first time. And in that first sermon on this Lord's Day, we looked at what we could call the foundations of the Sabbath day. We looked at how we are to understand the Sabbath day and why the Sabbath day is still in force in the New Testament dispensation. We saw also in that sermon three weeks ago that the Sabbath day is rooted in the very fabric of creation. It's a creation ordinance, something that God created in the, in the creation week. And we also saw that the Sabbath day is also rooted in God's work of salvation in Jesus Christ, delivering us from the house of bondage. And we also saw that with the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Sabbath day has now been moved from the last day of the week to the first day of the week. The Old Testament saints were taught to look ahead to enter into their rest to look ahead for the one who would carry out the labors. In the Old Testament, it was taught to them there still needed to be work to be done, still needed to be work before you could enter into the rest. So they, they waited to the end of the week, looking ahead to the coming of the rest. And now with Jesus coming and with his death and resurrection, now in the New Testament, we start out the week that way. We start out enjoying the finished labors of Jesus Christ, enjoying the rest that is ours, and now we live out of the week, out of that, the rest of the week, in thankfulness and in joy and confidence. That's why our Sabbath is at the beginning of the week. Jesus, the Lord of the Sabbath, changed the day. Well, that was three weeks ago. We looked at that. This week, we want to see what keeping the Sabbath day actually looks like. And the activities that we are to be involved in and how we are to enjoy this day. What we also want to see through the course of the sermon is that keeping the Sabbath day is part of who we are as Christians. It's part of the sum and the substance of what a Christian is. This is not just a commandment to keep. This is part of your DNA as a Christian. This is part of the very salvation that God has given us, that we enjoy the Sabbath day and we keep the Sabbath day holy. A Christian, by definition, is one who keeps the Sabbath day. This is how we enjoy our salvation. This is how we live out the spiritual life we've been given. And this is how we witness to others about our hope in Jesus Christ. We keep the Sabbath day. 300 years ago, A French philosopher said this, If you want to destroy Christianity, you need to destroy the Sabbath day. And that unbelieving philosopher understood that the Sabbath day and the enjoyment of the Sabbath day stands at the heart of the life of the Christian. Without the Sabbath day, God's people will be destroyed. And that should impress upon us the importance of of this fourth commandment and the jealousy that we must have to keep it. Not because we're forced to keep it. Not because anyone or like the elders are are making us keep it. Not because we are legalists. But simply because this is part of our salvation and part of the joy of who we are as Christians. We have been brought 
to enjoy the rest that is found in Jesus Christ. And this is how we show our thankfulness to God for the salvation He has given us. We, we heed this commandment, and we worship Him on this day. So last time we looked at understanding the Sabbath day. This time we want to look at enjoying the Sabbath day. And we take that as our theme, looking at three particular things. First, we want to see how this is a day of spiritual refreshment. That's how we enjoy the Sabbath day. Second, this is a day of physical rest. And then third, this is a day of exercising trust and witnessing to others. How are we to enjoy the Sabbath day? How are we to keep it holy? And as we begin, we need to be careful. Because with everything, there's always two ditches that you can fall into. And that's also with regard to the Sabbath day. On the one hand, we understand there's the ditch of the Pharisees. And the Pharisees were legalists. And the Pharisees made up all kinds of man-made laws for keeping the Sabbath day. You can't boil an egg on the Sabbath day. You can't put spice into boiling hot water on the Sabbath day. All kinds of rules. And sometimes there's that same inclination today to use our own upbringing, for example, or maybe the special rules that our parents taught us as kids and use that as the standard by which we would measure everyone else. We have that instinct. I do too. The rules my parents made for me are the rules that everyone should be following. And then we're not listening to the Bible anymore, but then we're just listening to our parents' rules. So we have to be careful. There's a ditch. On the other hand, there's this ditch of having this attitude. Well, if you can personally justify doing it, if you can give a good reason that satisfies you for why you choose to do something on the Sabbath day, well, then that's good enough. As long as you can justify it, then it's permissible, and then no one else can say anything about it. That's a very serious ditch as well. Then everything about the fourth commandment is relative to the likings of my own corrupt conscience, and then everything becomes but a suggestion. There's no commandment at all. So we need to be careful. And we need to be careful because this is where our train of thought goes. When we talk about the Sabbath day, this is always what we like to talk about and maybe even what we are interested in hearing off the pulpit. What am I permitted to do, pastor? And what am I not permitted to do? What's the pastor going to say this morning? Is he going to say too much? Is he going to say not enough? And there's all kinds of different situations. What do I do when my friend down the road asks me to watch the football game with him on Sunday evening? What do I do when the town league soccer team schedules a practice or a game on Sunday? Am I permitted to catch up on emails and reports on Sunday evening before I head into the office on Monday? Is Sunday evening kind of my opportunity to get my affairs in order before the week starts? Is Sunday a day for me to get my traveling in? so that I can maybe squeeze in one more day of vacation time. What do we say to these things? What does the Bible say about these things? And all these things, there are two issues that we need to deal with, that we need to keep before us. First, we need to remember the fact that the fourth commandment is just that. It's a commandment. And it's a commandment on equal standing with the other commandments. 
There is a tendency to try to minimize the fourth commandment as if it's somehow less serious. You know, if I would murder a person once or twice a year, we would say, well, that's not permitted. That would be bad. But if I would completely disregard the Sabbath day once or twice a year on those special occasions, well, that's not quite so serious. And there you see the inclination we have. The interesting fact is that the fourth commandment is is not even part of the second table of the law. It's part of the first table of the law. It's a commandment that has to do not merely with loving my neighbor, but it has to do with loving my God. Another interesting thing is that this commandment regarding Sabbath observance is mentioned more often than any other of the Ten Commandments in the first five books of the Bible. We might say in those pivotal, foundational at least, first five books of the Bible, this is the commandment that is emphasized above any other, at least mentioned more than any other. Another interesting fact is that this fourth commandment was the only one of the Ten Commandments that the Lord clearly, explicitly gave to the nation before they arrived at Mount Sinai. There's a real tendency to think that the fourth commandment is not to be treated as seriously as the other commandments. But the way God's Word treats this fourth commandment suggests that maybe we should even be treating this commandment more than than many of the other commandments. In the book of Exodus itself, this commandment is mentioned no less than five times. And, and we read one of the passages this morning. So for that, first of all, th- this is a commandment. But second, we need to recognize that ultimately there are heart issues that we need to deal with in this commandment. Usually the attitude is, you know, with our sinful natures, we struggle against this attitude Do I have to? Do I have to keep the Sabbath day holy? Or maybe the attitude is this. I I do it on Sunday because I don't have time for it the rest of the week. Sunday is kind of my catch-up day. But that's not what the commandment is for either. And, And here's often the striking thing. When it comes to the other commandments, we often emphasize that the other commandments go very deep. Right? They're very broad and very deep. Just think of, for example, the seventh commandment. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Remember the instruction Jesus gave in Matthew 6. Jesus said, it's not just about a matter of the outward act of committing adultery. It's a matter of the heart. If you even look on a woman to lust after her, you are committing adultery. This commandment goes deep. And what we need to recognize this morning is that it's no different with this commandment. Keeping the Sabbath day is a commandment that goes deep. It goes even down to the depths of our heart attitudes. And therefore, we need to ask ourselves, what is the heart issue of the Sabbath day? What what is the heart issue of the Sabbath day? And the heart of the issue of this Sabbath day is that we would enter into the rest of that God has provided us in His Son, Jesus Christ. And that week by week, every Sabbath day, we would enjoy spiritual refreshment. What's the Sabbath day about? It's about enjoying who we are as God's people and enjoying who God is as our God and what Jesus has done for us and what He's given us. What is the Sabbath day? This 24 hours that God has given us. 
It's about being reorientated once again towards God. About appreciating every week again that God has provided us a complete salvation in Jesus Christ. He's brought us into a covenant relationship with Him. A relationship of friendship. And then the Sabbath day is is about enjoying that relationship of friendship in a special way with our Lord. To enter into God's rest on the Sabbath day, the day of rest, is to enter into fellowship with God in such a way that we enjoy His love, we enjoy His friendship, and we receive a taste of the riches that are ours in belonging to Him. The Sabbath day is about hearing again the word of divine forgiveness. The Sabbath day is about hearing again the word that we've been set free from the tyranny and bondage of sin. The Sabbath day is about hearing again the word that God has made us His children and we have peace with our Maker, the Creator, and He is our Father who works all things together for our good. And the Sabbath day is about hearing how we as God's blood-bought, redeemed people must live. And it is, it is to be reminded of our identity in Christ. Now of all the people in the world, think about all the people in the world today, there are not many people who have this. There's only a small remnant who have this peace with God, who, who know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, who are the elect of the Lord. The wicked do not have this rest. The wicked do not have even a desire to hear God's word of forgiveness. They have no desire to be reminded of the amazing grace of God towards sinners. They would rather spend their day sleeping in. They would rather spend their day working and making money. Or being entertained by the football game. They would would rather sit at home and do their yard work and catch up on odds and ends. or, Or clean the house and do the laundry then enjoy friendship with the Almighty. And there maybe we see how offensive the breaking of the Sabbath day is. When a person breaks the Sabbath day, whether as a believer or an unbeliever, he says to God, you're not worth my time. You're not worth the time it would take to get to know you and, 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 and enjoy the beauty of your glory. You see, that's the sin of the fourth commandment. Now, just to be clear, for the wicked, they never keep the Sabbath day. For the wicked, there is no Sabbath. The commandment still comes to them, keep the Sabbath day. It's a creation ordinance, but but there is no Sabbath day for them because they're still in their sins and still in their unbelief, and there's no peace for the wicked in their sins. But for God's people, there is this commandment and there is this grace. God has given us a day of rest and spiritual refreshment. In His love, He has delivered us from the tyranny of sin that we might actually enjoy the Sabbath day and enjoy Him. What is the Sabbath day about? It's about God Himself protecting and nurturing His relationship with His people. It's about getting to know your God better growing in your relationship with Him. It's about drinking from the fountain of His grace, being refreshed by His promises and His Word. It's about my thirsty soul, which is longing after God in this desert wilderness. It's about my thirsty soul having its thirst quenched. 
as I fellowship with God. On Sunday, we hear the word, come and have your soul's thirst quenched. And what's the Sabbath day about? It's about showing God in a special way my love for Him and my gratitude for what He has done. I give Him my worship. Yes, every day of the week I give Him my worship. But on Sunday, God Himself sets aside the time. God Himself sets the schedule so that we can meet together in His house of prayer and fellowship together and enjoy each other in an intimate way. Husbands, think about this. You live for your wives, don't you? You're laying down your life for your wife. You live for your wife. But then you also say, not just every day I lay down my life for my wife, but you say, my wife, this evening, or maybe this Friday, or whatever day it is, I want to spend some intimate time with you. I want to spend special time with you because I love you and because you love me. And, and this is what we want, to spend time together. And that's what God says to us as His bride. He says, I love you, and you love me because I, I first loved you. And Sunday, He says, I set aside this day for us to be intimate with each other, a special day to, to be close to each other in just the way that our, souls, that our souls need it, so that our souls are refreshed. That's the Sabbath day. And husbands, here's a word for you. Here's a word for me. You ought to spend your special time with your wife in such a way that she is refreshed. Because that's what God does with us, his bride, on the day he's made. He brings us the gospel through the preaching so that we might see Jesus once again and we might be able to comprehend with all saints what is the length and the breadth and the height and the depth and to know and experience an experiential knowledge to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge and that we might be filled with all the fullness of God. That's the Sabbath day. That's precisely why the catechism takes the approach that it does. The catechism doesn't give a whole list of do's and don'ts on the Sabbath day or a, or a checklist for you to fill out. The catechism gets right to the heart of it. The catechism says, Sundays are for being in my word. Sundays are, are for being in, in God's house. Sundays are for God's people to be enraptured once again in the blessed word of the gospel that God loves them. God has provided their every need. And while we live day by day in the midst of a sin-cursed world and a valley of tears, nevertheless, our God will supply all our needs. Notice how the catechism begins. First, that the ministry of the gospel and the schools be maintained. We might ask, what does that mean? Well, that's, that's talking about the preaching of the gospel. And then it's talking about the seminary where you have the training of men for the preaching of the gospel and the support of the gospel and the support of the seminary. That's first. Seeing to it that there are ministers and there are students who are supported so that you might hear this word on Sunday. That you might enter into that rest. You might have the preaching. That's pivotal. So that's why that's mentioned first. And then it goes on and it says, and that I, especially on the Sabbath, that is on the day of rest, diligently frequent the church of God to hear his word, to use the sacraments publicly, to call upon the Lord and contribute to the relief of the poor 
as becomes a Christian. That's what the Sabbath day is for. That's what the whole Sabbath day is for. Spiritual refreshment. And if you look at Exodus 31, Exodus 31 points this out in a very striking way. That's why we read that this morning. Notice verses 12 and 13. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak thou also unto the children of Israel, saying, Verily, truly, most assuredly, my Sabbaths ye shall keep. For it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, that ye may know that I am the Lord that doth sanctify you. The Lord has set you apart as His special people. He loves you. And the Sabbath day is a sign of God's love for you and of your covenant relationship with Him. The Sabbath day is there to tell you who you are as God's people. This is a sign that God does set us apart. He does sanctify us and make us His people. Then notice verse 14. Ye shall keep the Sabbath, therefore, for it is holy unto you. Everyone that defileth it shall surely be put to death. For whosoever doeth any work therein, that soul shall be cut off from among his people. And we might ask there, why such a harsh punishment? Just for breaking the Sabbath day, if we would talk that way. It's treated as, as if it's as serious as murder. Well, because... To keep working on the Sabbath day was to say that God doesn't really mean much to me. To treat the Sabbath day as if it's just like any other day of the week is to say this relationship, this covenant relationship God has established with me doesn't really mean much to me. And that is offensive to God. That is taking God's name in vain. The Sabbath day is God's way of making sure that His people would take the time to get to know Him. By spending time in prayer and praise, God's people would come to know Him. You're coming to know who your God is, even through this preaching this morning. He is the God who sets aside a day because He cares for us so much. This is our God. And in process of growing in our knowledge of God, we become holy. We become the people whom the Lord is making us to be. That's exactly how the Sabbath day was made for man. It was made for us to help us grow in the knowledge of God, to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. And that's the chief end of man. And the Sabbath day at the beginning of the week now helps us in that. The Sabbath day was given for us to enjoy spiritual refreshment. Well, that leads us now back to the question, well, what about sports? And what about catching up on my emails on Sunday? And and what about a bike ride? What about a walk? And that leads to the second point of the sermon. And what we need to appreciate is this fact. In order for the Sabbath day to be the day of refreshment that it's supposed to be, it must also be a day of rest. In order for the Sabbath day to be the day of refreshment that it's supposed to be, it must also be a day of rest. Of rest. And now here in the second point, I want to point your attention to a few different things. First, I want to point your attention to another statement that was made at the Synod of Dort, that was adopted at the Synod of Dort. Remember a few weeks ago, uh, we saw, we didn't really see, but I mentioned that the Synod of Dort dealt with this question of Sabbath observance. 
And in that sermon three weeks ago, we looked at four statements that the Synod of Dort made. Now this morning, I want to look at another statement. Actually, it's the last statement. It's the sixth statement that the Synod had made concerning the Sabbath day. And the statement goes like this. This day, the New Testament Sabbath, must be so consecrated to worship that on that day, on this day, the Sabbath day, we rest from all servile works, except those which charity and present necessity require, and also from all such recreations or refreshing activities as interfere with worship. Let me repeat that. This day must be so consecrated to worship that on this day we rest from all servile work, except those which charity and present necessity require, and also from such recreations as interfere with worship. And there's a few things to point out here. First, this statement emphasizes that the focus of the Sabbath day is on worship. The Sabbath day is about worship. Second, in order to keep the focus of the entire day on God, we are to rest from all servile works. Servile works. And that phrase, for all intents and purposes, is simply referring to ordinary work. Not the work of worshiping God, not the works which love, charity, present necessity require, but simply ordinary daily work. Washing your car, mowing your lawn, checking up on your work emails, making those business calls, doing your math homework, doing your English assignment. Even if you enjoy doing it, it is not to be done on the Sabbath day. This is servile work. This is your normal day-to-day calling and work. And then third, about this statement, we should point out, the statement says that all recreation that interferes with worship is to be ruled out as well. All recreation which interferes, which gets in the way of worship, is to be excluded from Sunday. Now what's interesting about that word recreations is that it really has this idea. I already mentioned it. Refreshing activities. All forms of refreshing a person. All forms of restoration and recovery All forms of resting that get in the way of worship are to be excluded. Now this statement is rather general, but the point of the statement is, Sunday is for worship. The whole day, it's there for public corporate worship and for private worship and for family worship. Sunday is for worship. You can do works of present necessity, but as far as your daily weekday labors are concerned... Those are not to be done on Sunday because Sunday is for worship. And recreation is allowed, but this recreation itself must not distract us from worship. But it must must be there to work in the service of the worship. And it is there to refresh you for worship. Take that half hour nap. That's going to help you as you worship throughout the day. It's there, that recreation, that refreshing activity of taking a nap is there to serve your worship on that day. Take that walk. That's maybe going to give you some fresh air. That's going to help you in the activity of worshiping on Sunday. That's the point. Don't go to the gym to get buffed out. That's not what Sunday is for. But 
but enjoy refreshing activities in the, that are in the service of worshiping. So the first thing I want to point you to is that statement made at the Synod of Dort. A statement, by the way, that's binding in the CRC because the CRC adopted these statements officially in 1881. And since we were in the CRC in 1881, we could justly say that these statements were adopted by us as well. This is what the Reformed Church has decided. This is the the thinking of the Reformed Church regarding the Sabbath day. Well, that's the Synod of Dort. Second, I want to point your attention to the Catechism itself because this approach is exactly how the Catechism approaches the topic as well. The Catechism doesn't give us a list of do's and don'ts. It doesn't even talk about not being able to do servile work on Sunday. Rather, in the very way the Catechism treats the Catechism, it simply emphasizes this one point. Sunday is all about worship. Don't even talk about what you can and cannot do. Sunday's about worship. How can you be distracted by anything else when you've got worship on your mind? Forget your emails. Forget your homework. That's not what Sunday is for. Sunday is exactly for you to take a break from your homework, take a break from your servile labors, and be refreshed in the worship of the Lord and do the Lord's pleasure on the Sabbath day. That's how the catechism approaches the topic. You want to know if you can be at the beach on Sunday? You want to know if you can watch the football game? Forget those things. Enjoy your relationship with God. Read the scriptures. Be in prayer. How are your New Year's resolutions going? Maybe about spending more time in in the Word. Well, let Sunday be your day for for to, to be busy in that. Read the scriptures. Be in prayer. Think about your sins, right? How often are we so busy throughout the week we don't even think about our sins? Well, this is what Sunday is for. Think about your sins and then think about Jesus' death on the cross. And and think about the forgiveness of your sins. Think about the joy of being God's child. And encourage your friends. Visit the widow. Do your catechism. Study for young peoples. And then while you're doing all these things on Sunday, refresh your body with a walk. Or refresh your body with a nap. That's what Sunday is for. And the third thing I want to point you to, Synod of Dort, Heidelberg Catechism, the third thing, Exodus 31. Exodus 31, God gave Moses clear instructions on the Sabbath day. But now the question we want to ask is this, why does God give this instruction at just this time? In Exodus 31, it seems perhaps a little random. What's the point? And the point is this, God has just finished giving Moses the instructions for the tabernacle. And God has just finished telling Moses that Bezaliel and Aholihib would be God's servants to oversee the building of the tabernacle. That's the first half of this chapter. But now God is saying, even in this work, even in this holy work of building the tabernacle, Bezaliel and Aholiab and all those who are involved in the building of the tabernacle, they need to keep the Sabbath day too. They may not do this work of building the tabernacle on the Sabbath day. Even that special work must cease. That's how important Sundays are. The building of the most important building in the world can wait. Because God wants His people to enjoy the Sabbath day. And that's an important lesson for us. That's a word for me as a minister. 
That's why elders don't have consistory meetings on Sunday, unless love and present necessity requires it. That's why family visitation is not normally scheduled on Sundays. This is servile work. These are our ordinary labors. If anyone had a good excuse for working on Sunday or Sabbath, the Sabbath day, it was Bezaliel and Ahuliab. But even they had to honor God's holy day. And it's all teaching us we need to be careful. And we need to be slow to give ourselves excuses for, for doing work on Sunday, even for things that we might say are, are good reasons. Sunday is the day to put away your to-do list, right? It, we talk about mental health quite a bit today, it, it, at least in the culture, and, and it's good to take care of that. Well, that's what Sunday is for, enjoying the break from the to-do list and enjoying rest and fellowship with my God. And our children need to learn that too. And our children need to learn that this is also what mom and dad need too, We need the Sabbath day. And you need to learn to keep the Sabbath day. But mom and dad need the Sabbath day too. The fact is, if we can use Sunday as it was meant to be used, as a day of rest and worship and fellowship, it will also change how we go about the rest of the week. The day of rest and refreshment on Sunday is going to strengthen us for the callings, the the, the real and heavy responsibilities God gives us the other six days of the week. And the fact is, if we're so busy with our work that we don't have time to rest on Sundays and be with God's people and enjoy God, well, then we've got more work than God gave us. We've taken work on ourselves that God himself has not given us. We've made more work for ourselves. And that's not praiseworthy. That is not a commendable thing. It's hurtful. It's hurtful for our souls and our bodies, and it's foolish. And, and we would have to examine ourselves whether there's an element of pride and selfish ambition mingled with all this busyness, that I can't even keep the Sabbath day holy. No, God provides. God provides. Sunday is a day of spiritual refreshment and physical rest. And, and this then leads us into the third point of the sermon. It is a day of exercising trust and a day of in that way of exercising trust, also to witness to others. Sunday is that day to trust that God is our Father and He will provide all our needs. Sunday is the day to rest in our identity in Jesus Christ. We are the beloved children of God. And therefore, I don't, I don't have to worry. I don't have to be stressed. I, I can turn to the Lord. Oh, how I need that. People who refuse to rest on Sunday are those who trust in their own strength rather than the grace of God. But Sunday is a day to confess, this is my Father's world. I don't need to harvest the crops today, even though there's a hailstorm forecasted for tonight that might have the potential to ruin all my crops. I can trust the Lord. This is my Father's world, and this is my Father's will. I don't need to plant the fields today, even though there's rain scheduled for the next month. I can trust in God's provision. I don't need to work on Sunday in order to make a few extra dollars. God will provide. My trust is in Him. When times are tough, when the harvest is doubtful, when I need a job, these are the times when I especially need the Sabbath day. 
Sunday is a day in which God tells me to enjoy the gift of faith and exercise that faith. And Sunday is a day in which I can confess that everything I have, I have received it as a gift from God. And, and, and what does all my industry profit me anyway if God's blessing is not on it? And how can God's blessing be on it if I'm not even willing to keep his Sabbath day holy and worship him the way he's commanded me? How can I really expect a blessing? Sunday is a day of exercising trust. And then when we live that way, then God also gives Sunday as a powerful way in which we witness to others around us. Honoring God's holy day is, is one, of the thing that, one of the things that distinguishes us from the world. It, it, it profoundly is. Outwardly, we're like our neighbors in, in so many ways. We sometimes wonder whether we have any witness at all. And then the Sabbath day comes. And everyone knows. These people are in church. These people are resting in their Savior's finished labors. These people are worshiping God. Simply by attending worship on the Lord's Day, we are making a public confession of where our faith lies in Jesus Christ. And congregation, you even know better than me. You're the ones working in the midst of the world so much more. Whenever we tell people we can't do something on Sunday, like work an extra shift or, or show up for baseball practice, we are telling them what is more important to us. It, it might cause people to oppose us or, or make fun of us, ridicule us. This is to be expected. But it also gives us an opportunity to explain that there is nothing more important to me than honoring my Lord and His will. Finally, let us remember where we are in the catechism. Right? Let's take that perspective again. We're in the third section. How we show our thankfulness to God for the salvation He has done for us. When it comes to the Sabbath day, this question again comes to us. Are you thankful? And then maybe we go home and we talk about, I don't understand it. The busyness of a wife and a mother in the home. And the, the grind, we might speak of, of the busyness of the Sabbath day. Well, let's work together and, and, and let's take this sermon in a positive way to, to help us enjoy the Sabbath day. As husbands and fathers, as boys and girls, what are we doing today? Are we thankful? And I want to leave us with these words from Isaiah 58. These are always my go-to words when, when I'm thinking about the Sabbath day. And I, I think I read these words even to the catechism class when we uh, looked at this commandment in the catechism room. These are foundational. If thou turn away, this is Isaiah 58, the last few verses. If thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, from doing thy pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight the holy of the Lord, honorable, and shalt honor Him, not doing thine own pleasure, nor speaking thine own words, then shalt thou delight thyself in the Lord. Then, then you will enjoy how delightful it is to be in the Lord 
And I will cause thee to ride upon the high places of the earth and feed thee with the heritage of Jacob thy father. I will provide what you need. I will take care of everything. For the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. Amen. Let us pray. Our Father, we thank Thee for this day that Thou hast made, taking care of our every need. Write Thy law upon our hearts, and may this preaching shape us and strengthen us and encourage us as Thy covenant people to keep this day which Thou hast given as a sign of Thy relationship with us. May it shape our hearts, and we pray may it shape our lives to the honor and glory of thy name. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.